welcome to the Time Shifters podcast. I'm your host, Christopher. This podcast takes a fun look at the films of long past, recent past, and the almost present, as well as the events and news surrounding them. I would love to hear from you, and there are several ways to get in touch with the show. Look for the Time Shifters podcast group on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Time Shifters Pod, or you can send us a typed or recorded message to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and please check us and our fellow podcasters out over on podchaser.com. Please rate and review the show at any of these outlets. All these links can be found on timeshifterspodcast.com. Now let's head to the Timeshifter studio and start the show. Everyone, and welcome back to Time Shifters. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Tom, how you doing? Oh, I'm just sitting here all bloated from all the turkey for, that we've been watching. I mean, eating. I mean, watching. <laughs> yes, I hope everyone had a safe Thanksgiving. There's not a whole lot of uh, family get-togethers and stuff. It's going to be a little, little less this year than I think in past years. Hopefully. You do not want to go dragging uh, any sicknesses off to your uh, off to grandma's house. No, no. Let's not let's not be making the elderly any sicker. Yeah, so we watched a couple films that we're going to talk about this time around. So I didn't think about it until I was just today when I realized that oh yeah, we should talk about this film, we should talk about that film and I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute. We've got an actual like Thanksgiving feast." <laughs> Because we got a movie that's all about a Thanksgiving and a Thanksgiving dinner. And then we got a movie that was at least marketed as having something to do with pie. (laughs) And it's... So we had some dessert. And it certainly was the icing on the cake. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we can just go ahead and get into these. I don't really... There isn't any really news to talk about that isn't just like a month old at this point. Uh, just because of, the, of our recording schedules and when th- some of these things happen, because we didn't want to talk about it last time because, well, we already had two and a half hours of discussion, so <laughs> I don't think throwing in any news was really uh, a good idea. And, and you guys are all welcome. <laughs> yes. It was an actual awesome uh, conversation. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a good time. Uh, and you don't all have to listen to it at once. You know, you can pause. You can come back to it. That's the beauty of the podcast is we're always here. We are. And what's really the problem with uh, us trying to drum up news for for right now is all of it's depressing. Yeah, there isn't a whole lot of good news. Yeah, like, well, we'll go ahead and mention this because this was just announced today, I think, today or yesterday. And it is relatively, it, it's good news. It's It's not a death or anything like that. Yeah. It's been a little up in the air as to what was going to happen to Wonder Woman 84. It'd been... Uh, you know, the, the release date had been pushed around because of COVID, because of the movie theaters being closed and that sort of thing. It was just announced that they're actually going to put it in the theaters, but they're also going to put it on HBO Max. And if I read right, it's going to be included with HBO Max. It's not an additional fee or anything. No, and that's, a, that's well, one, that's unheard of. So, I mean, that's... There's your jump off point for at least getting a month worth of uh, subscriptions out of a bunch of people uh, just to get them all in the door to watch a brand new movie. And, and let's face it, uh, 
from DC, things can be a little spotty. So uh, I think the Wonder Woman one's actually one that people are excited for. Uh, the first one was an amazing movie. And we've got the same cast back. We've got uh, um, the same director back. Uh, like, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one would uh, definitely tempt me to like spring for a month or something like that. In the end, I'll probably actually wait until it comes to Blu-ray and, and watch it that way. Yeah. But... But still, that's a pretty. Uh, if HBO was hoping that they would get subscribers and that they might forget to cancel, <laughs> this is a good movie to do it with. And I think that's really what uh, streaming services really bank on that whole get you in the door and hope you forget that it's linked to your credit card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of how we ended up with Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> Someone in the family forgot to cancel it. Uh, that was about five years ago. <laughs> it just keeps on chugging. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to live without it. Hey, and in this world, uh, and with all the amount of crap that we got to get shipped to us, that that shipping is worth it. Actually, and that ends up kind of paying for it because we do uh, end up getting, we have ended up getting a lot of things shipped, a lot of uh, uh, food items and uh you know, uh, monthly recurring items and stuff like that. And we've gone ahead and, and done it through Amazon. So yes, that free shipping in a couple of days, bam, it's at your door. That and all the enjoyment that I have gotten from all the oddball stuff that ends up coming up in my, <laughs> in my stream. I'll admit while, uh, I, I am a, I am a fan of my Netflix account. Uh, Amazon prime edges it out on the whole, introducing you to what's out there i, I don't find netflix is uh as their suggestions don't uh, don't quite parallel what uh, amazon is able to do mm. but then again amazon already knows literally everything about all of us yeah that is very true they they had a head start before i ever started watching movies on it they're like oh we know what you bought <laughs> <laughs> You're going to want to watch this. <laughs> Just uh I'm a little concerned at some point they'll be uh they'll know at what point in your life to start selling you um uh funeral plots and and headstones because <laughs> apparently they know a date's coming up that you don't. <laughs> They've gotten a hold of your cholesterol and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when those those types of uh movies start showing up, the kind of like uh Lifetime type movies and stuff about, you know, family coming home for someone's funeral and that sort of stuff. And yeah. And quite frankly, if you start watching the, the Hallmark holiday movies, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, nope, not for me. So I think what we're going to do this time, since we've got a couple movies to talk about, we did talk about a little news. Let's go ahead and take, uh, we'll do a couple breaks this time. So let's take our first break uh, for another for a promo for another podcast. When we come back, we're going to sit down at the, at the big table. Uh, no kitty table here. I actually finally get to sit at the big table Woo-hoo! and we'll talk, we'll talk about awkward Thanksgiving from 2014. Welcome 
welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Tillboy Kreitz. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> Try that again. As we drag Kathleen. Hear me. Kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. I'll go over there, we'll do the family thing. First Thanksgiving with the family, it's a big step. Are you ready for the list? Hit me. Green bean casserole, check. Dumplings, triple check. Cornbread pudding, quadruple check. The turkey's in the oven, more sides are on the way. I think what you said was beautiful. Shut up, Liam. Get away from me. Understood. Father, thank you for the reoccurring, incessant nightmares of my platoon leader falling into my lap dead with a piece of shrapnel lodged in his skull the size of a toy poodle. Nice. Hey, eyes on the road. What I'm rocking ain't worth dying for. What do you call a Pollock? in a coat and tie. The defendant. <laughs> Isn't your side of the family Polish? Well, it's just like one of us to make a stupid mistake like that. You can keep the coats, okay? You want this closed or open? Oh my God, did you forget the wife? None your business! Oh my God! <laughs> All right, welcome back. Yeah, this is another Henrik Kudo-directed uh, film. I believe he actually wrote this one as well. Uh, we talked about his uh, Scareways during our 31 Nights of Halloween, yes. which was the second, I think, Henrik Kudo film that you saw. You came up and saw one of his premieres with me. You happened to be in town once. Yes. Um, we drove to the middle of nowhere, Ohio, to a little little bird's uh, theater, and we got to see... Uh, see uh premiere uh was that the uh it had something to do with a haunted house haunted house on sorority row is that the one something along those lines that's the one we saw that one uh with the with the cast and henrik and and all it was a good time that was a nice night yeah and i've seen several of his films i mean he's right up there in dayton so it's a nice easy drive for me uh if the if the timing's right anyway when he does his premieres, I like going up and, and checking them out. And I've been a supporter of his film since I met him at the B-Movie Celebration. Uh, oof, I guess that was six, seven years ago now. And uh, he, although none of his films were there, he was there attending the, uh, the celebration. And so I got to meet him. And I will admit his films can be a little hit or miss. Uh, some of his films I like more than others. I enjoy seeing some of the people that show up in his films, no matter what their roles, how big or small, or the overall thought of the uh, my my overall thought of the film. 
Awkward Thanksgiving is one I got to see in the theater. I went up and saw the premiere. And I think this is, yeah, this is the first time I've watched it since then. Okay. So it has been a while <laughs> since I've seen this one. Why don't you tell our folks what this one's about? Yep, and I do have a synopsis here. Straight-laced and stiff to the point of breaking, Terry is traveling cross-country in his traditional attempt to join the family at Thanksgiving. Every year, he gets to the family house only to turn around and spend the holiday alone rather than come face-to-face with his dad, who walked out on the family years before. En route, he meets free-spirited Nancy, a woman with a broken car and no way to get to her own family celebration. He offers to drop her off in Indianapolis on his way to Dayton, Ohio. Nancy tries to get Terry to unwind and enjoy life a little more freely, and she also teaches him the value of second chances, something he's been unwilling to give his father. Meanwhile, the rest of the family gathers at the house where, el- where eldest daughter Tina is trying her best to keep the recently deceased mother's traditions alive. Not an easy thing to do with family members like Uncle Liam, who owes a drug-dealing bookie ten grand, Uncle Luke, who is that uncle, Brother Jeremy, who gets dumped by his fiance the night before Thanksgiving, Sister Renee, who can't convince anyone that her friend Ellen is really just a friend and not her quote-unquote lesbonian girlfriend, <laughs> And Brother Rich, a crude, obnoxious web video producer. And, of course, Dad Tom, who has brought his new 20-something girlfriend Sharon to the festivities. Turkey, gravy, sweet potatoes, and resentment. You know, Thanksgiving. (laughs) And, and you know, this was the greatest nine-part film that we've ever (laughs) ever seen. Um I think he did truly capture the notion of overindulging at Thanksgiving because this is a movie and Henrik, I love you. This is a movie that overindulges on the stories that it's trying to tell. A few of them. I think some of them hit better than others. I enjoy Terry and Nancy. Absolutely. As they do the little cross country thing. And the, some of the, the hijinks and stuff that they get into. The uh, the diner, where she's pretty much daring him, like, you're not going to finish that? There's some lettuce there on your plate. <laughs> and they keep going back at each other. And Creamer, I don't have coffee. Yeah, but it's on your side of the table. Eat it. You know, drink it. <laughs> that, that kind of stuff, I enjoyed. I thought those two were a lot of fun together. Completely agree. That, that was the film that I wanted to stay with. That was the one with the the most fleshed out story. Uh, uh, And while the chemistry between the two is a little awkward at times, when you did get the diner sequence, um, aside from them being a little stiff in the delivery, that was the one that they got into. And that was the one that I thought the audience could get into. Cause uh, I found myself actually uh, laughing during, during that part. I like, uh, I I like the, 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 the little give and take that's going on here. And I like the overall arc that was going with that. His struggle with uh, his family, her struggle with not being with her family. It was a, a nice little yin and yang that they had going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think a little bit more time with them would have been nice. This film does run like an hour and 40 minutes, yeah. I think. And so much of that time is spent at the family house. And it's just really a collection of weird and odd vignettes with all the little family members. 
And some of them are legitimately funny. Sure. Some, <laughs> some you just want to like, yeah, we could have skipped this little bit. <laughs> yeah, like everything to do with uh, what was the brother's name that uh, was into his little uh, videos that he was making. That was Rich. Rich. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything with Rich just didn't land for me at all. I, I could actually, since they made a whole thing, and again, these were a lot of little things that could have been their own story unto themselves. Rich does what he does because he's seeking his bigger brother's approval. Uh, he wants to make him laugh. And and I got the, the notion from that, but everything that he does is just so obnoxious. It doesn't make anybody laugh. Yeah, he's there, and sometimes he's only there for a little bit of the shock value. Right. And that's where uh, that's where you get, and it's, uh, one of the comments I saw written about it is that it, it it's a crude comedy, and he's the entire source of the crude. Yeah, if you could have dropped him, it definitely would have been, well, one, you could have tightened up the running time a little bit. <laughs> yes, you could have. And it could have been a little less crude. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, th- like I said, uh, th- this does embody Thanksgiving rather well because it's just a whole bunch of everything thrown at you at once in, in a crazy mixed-up thing. And it's very much a family. I-, I-, I actually did get that full sense. These are people with their own little lives that uh, as soon as they try to bring them together as a family, it just it throws a magnifying glass on just how crazy all of them are. And, and yeah, so there's just too much at, at some point, each of them have their own thing that could be its own story to tell. And after a while, you're like, wait, which movie am I watching now? <laughs> I think it also highlights too the differences, you know, you're, everyone's a family. Of course, we're all the family. We're all a family. Yeah, that's my brother. That's my sister. That's my aunt. That's my uncle. That's my cousin. And you know, everybody gets in the room, and then it's like all the awkward silence. Like, oh, yeah, they're my family, but I actually have absolutely nothing in common with any of these people. And that was the part I found the most relatable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I don't know about you, but going to Thanksgiving as an adult with uh, adult cousins and all of that that you just don't see or do anything with, you might as well be in a room full of strangers. They definitely hit the nail on the head in this film with that. And that's the one good thing so far that I've that's coming out of COVID is that ain't happening for me. <laughs> <laughs> I get to stay home with by myself, by, with just my little family on Thanksgiving. And it's just going to be, you know what we're going to call Thanksgiving this year? Thursday. <laughs> Yo, know, the, the family members, like you were saying, there are little bits of their stories you want to see, you could watch a whole film about. Uh, Jeremy and his fiance. That's a movie in and of itself, I think. It really could be. And uh, interestingly enough, that was one of the ones that feels shoehorned in there. Um, and then <laughs> Jeremy in and of itself if he said one more crazy, over-the-top, sappy thing uh, about his fiance, <laughs> I was going to lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> you know what film I really wanted to see? is a, I wanted to see a weird buddy comedy with Liam and the, uh, the 
the guy that shows up to uh, collect the money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have them drag out of the house and have them driving back to wherever they're going to come from and let hilarity ensue from that. Yeah, I was getting a real kind of Home Alone vibe there. You just... The the inept uh the inept crook that was coming to Thanksgiving, um, yeah I could have that could have been its own thing, but because it was a thing in this movie, it just sat so odd. <laughs> Again, uh, you said shoehorned. I think there are a few moments in here that are definitely shoehorned, just because he he, he had an idea and he wanted to get it in there. <laughs> right, and well, you know what's funny? I mean, this is about family. Yes. The idea, the, the awkward Thanksgiving and the family coming together. This is just a, this is Henrik's family, I think. Yes. I mean, everyone that's in this film, I don't think is a first timer to his films. Or or if they are, they're still like friends. They've helped out in some way. They've uh, supplied them with a, a place to film. They supplied them with uh, food or some money or, or or just been extras in the background or somewhere. So this is Henrik's family. And so I think this was a, a big push to try to get his family into a film. And maybe that's where some of these shoehorned moments and the the hour and 40 minute runtime comes in. I could see that. And, it, and I'm just going to say it straight up. I thought this was bad. <laughs> it, it, it got really hard to watch during some of it. Uh, it, it, it drug on, um, and we haven't even gotten to the ending, which was just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> um, right. But the one thing, again, Henrik is making film in an area where people don't do that. He's writing right. them. He's putting his heart and soul into them. And like you're pointing out, he has this collection of people that uh, act and support and all that. So, yeah, I could almost see... I, I almost get a sense of love for it now. Having this notion of he's just trying to give everybody a little peace. Uh, <laughs> bring them all in. I love you all. You all help me. Let me get you into the film so that you can be a part of it in some way. And mm -hmm. when you put it like that, it, it gives me a little bit more warmer feel toward it. <laughs> There is a scene, you're talking about Rich earlier. There's a moment towards the end that I think a little slightly different edit would have saved the moment and would have kind of justified Rich being in the film. Yeah. The dinner scene. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you don't want to totally spoil it, but let's just say that everyone's enjoying their Thanksgiving dinner they're eating the turkey and everything. And then Rich shows a video that just hit, you know, 7,000 views or 7,500 views or something like that. And he turns his little iPod to everybody. And then suddenly everyone spits out their food. And then you see a clip from the video. And it's like, oh, why wouldn't you have just said, if he had turned it and it cut directly to the video and then have everyone spit out the food? I think that would have been a, a tighter and better edit, it would have helped that made that joke land so much better. And it was like, okay, now I see why Rich is in the film. That 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 scene, that joke would have worked. You're justified. 
good on you. Well, yeah, no, it, it needed more of a, a National Lampoon uh, feel to that. And yeah. if you really want to seal the deal, you need your Randy Quaid in there. You need you you need your one relative that's like, eh, and keeps eating anyway. <laughs> right. That could have been Toby, the uh, the heavy that comes to collect. Right. That just seemed like something he might, you know, he's just, hey, whatever. I never pass up a meal. <laughs> right. Uh, free dinner. What the heck? <laughs> right. <laughs> this is the same guy that uh, asked his boss for road crack to go follow this guy. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So yeah, no, that you're right. Uh, that that would have uh, that would have turned and I got the joke, but it didn't it didn't make me laugh. To that would have made me laugh. <laughs> right. I, I I think the same thing with um oh I already said his name and I already forgot it. Uncle Luke, who they forced to come to the dinner table. He doesn't want to be there. He wants to sit in the other room and watch TV while he eats. Right. So of course he just shows at the table and he just starts talking the most possible crass things that he can think of to get people to let him go sit in the other room, which they do. But then it's a weird, it just doesn't, it doesn't land what happens. It almost feels like did they accidentally splice something into the film that wasn't supposed to be there. Right. Something right there. It gets missed. It's, it, it doesn't, land for me right no uh there you you got the setup and, and part of the problem is is you got the setup uh you got mm -hmm. he got out of the room uh granted i think uh little too gratuitous on some of the language uh it just seemed like a reason to say the n-word um just so that you got some shock value out of him he was already annoying he did, you didn't need to go there to push the point that maybe he doesn't need to be in the room. Um, but either way, I think what you're feeling is he got out of the room and as he was out of the room and you had already forgotten about him. Uh, and so by the time the length of time passed for it to be effective for him to come in was too long, too much happened. Oh, no. I I mean, that, that part I thought was fine. It's the literally, he, he says this really bad line, and next thing you see, you see him back in the living room, and he says, I love this show. So he's actually back watching TV, and then they show a clip, which I'm guessing is whatever the show it was that he was watching, and it just happens too bullet fast mm -hmm. that it doesn't, you need it maybe to slow that down. You maybe needed a line from maybe you needed a line from someone at the table. It was like, you know what? Maybe you go, why don't you go ahead and sit in the living room? I, you needed the something right. to kind of help soften that cut a little bit. See, I, I, that one, the, uh, that was entirely lost on me because it was in, in and out. So, so yeah. quick. So, but yeah, the, the, this movie had lots of that where, um, where you knew there was a joke or that there was a moment or something, but either in the delivery or the length of time it took to happen, whether it was too fast or too slow, it didn't land. And, and that mm -hmm. was, that was the part that was starting to drag on for me is I'm like, th there's comedy here, but it's not hitting at the, it, the timings right. off. There's some that I think there's some moments and some jokes that I think do work. Uh, there's that scene where uh, Jeremy's been dumped 
he's been moping around all day long and he's just found himself face down on a pile of, of everyone's coats in the, in the spare bedroom. Yeah. And, uh, Ellen comes in and, you know, she's also just recently broken up for, with somebody. They're both on the rebound and she starts kissing him. And he's like, wait, wait, I don't, I don't even know you. And that like breaks it for her and she runs off and she grabs her shirt and she, she runs out of the room and he, he gives this great, uh, I'm, I'm Jeremy. <laughs> I love that. That actually, that was perfect. I really like that. That was good. But I think they could have punched that moment up a little bit more too. Cause I think it needed to come in closer on him and, and have him actually kind of whine it out a little bit more. I'm, I'm Jeremy. <laughs> Oh, like, I thought like he delivered back. it perfectly. <laughs> no, I thought he, I thought he delivered it perfectly. I loved it. Yeah, no, that was a, that was one of the better moments. So I, I did actually enjoy that one quite a bit, like the diner scene. I thought there were a few moments with uh, Uncle Luke that I thought were actually legitimately funny. Uh, there's just little moments where he's sitting there and he's, he's talking with uh, Sharon, um, the the new girlfriend right. of. <laughs> of, of his uh, brother-in-law or whatever. Yeah, whose kid are you? <laughs> and there was the other one. Um, oh, of course, he's sitting there. He's talking to some other relative, and he, he tells some uh, some a Polak joke. Right. And she's like, isn't your side of the family Polish? <laughs> well, wasn't it just like one of us to come up to say something that stupid? <laughs> <laughs> that one was cute. And that whose kid whose kid are you was kind of his ongoing running joke too because yeah that's true because e- even the guy that he ends up knocking out with his air tank he he says <laughs> whose kid, whose is, kid this? is this <laughs> yeah those those were your cute moments yep. I I enjoyed Liam being the greeter everyone that comes in he's got to he's go oh, hi gives them a hug and it makes oh. everyone uncomfortable. Instantly uncomfortable because he's getting a little handsy with all the women coming in the door. <laughs> yeah, and everybody knows that. Yep. A <laughs> uh, few standouts as far as the actors. You seem to think he was a little too whiny, but I actually really liked uh, the character of Jeremy. Mike Kalinsky is the actor. Uh, I thought he did a great job. Renee is Mary Lee Osborne. I, I always like. I think she's got some, actually got, has some pretty good uh, comedic talent. She was the one that uh, brought Ellen. Oh, actually that whole line where she, they're talking to the older, the older sister and the, she's trying to convince her that Ellen is just her friend, not her girlfriend. And her older sister's like, oh, we're okay here with the lesbonian. Lesbonian? Like, I was so nervous when I came out, I got the word wrong and she's sheltered. (laughs) I haven't had the heart to correct her. (laughs) No, uh, I, I actually found her character to be one of the more likable characters in, in the whole thing. She kind of kept it together for me. In at least that part of the movie. Because <laughs> like I said, this has the feeling, uh, I had heard someone describe it as an anthology because there's just so many uh, different stories all coming together. Uh, it's just... In some cases, like everything with uh, Terry is uh, that's happening almost in its own movie. (laughs) And then everything that's happening at the Thanksgiving house is its own other movie. 
to the point where uh, whenever you're ready, we'll talk about that end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, if you want. I just want to uh, highlight, of course, Aaron R. Ryan plays Nancy. Sure. And she, uh, we, I talked about her in, in Scarewave. She is uh, yeah. definitely what I would consider more of the, um, maybe one of the true actors and not just, you know, a friend that will get on camera. Right. Joni Durian, uh, who plays Ellen, is always a favorite of mine. I've I've uh, been a fan of hers since the first time I saw her in uh, Babysitter Massacre, I think it was, was the first Henry Kudo film that I got a chance to see. And she was in that one. And that was, well, my gosh, that's 2012? Well, I could be wrong in the year on that, but uh, always a fan of her. So just a few of the highlights. Um, Vince Holiday played Liam. I get a kick out of him. He, he was in Scare Waves too. You might remember him from Scare Waves. So. Yeah, no, no, I recognize uh, a lot of these folks from Scare Waves. Yeah, that's all. I just wanted to highlight a few of the a few of the actors that I just really loved and I enjoyed watching and always enjoy watching. Again, uh, taking into account the the local uh, uh, flavor for for this, uh, it's clear that they're 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 putting their heart and soul into this. What are any of them going to be winning Academy Awards? No. Um, but it's clear that they're having fun and they're doing their 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 level best to to give a performance that's worthy of uh, Henrik's uh, pen on paper. <laughs> so, what do you want to talk about the ending? So, the ending to this film. Um, so we've tra- we've we've been on the journey with Terry um, and Nancy, uh, getting to know each other, having this trip across uh, part of the country to uh, to finally confront uh, his family, try to actually be engaged, try to get, get over his father a bit so that he can be there for Thanksgiving. And we've been through this wild, crazy Thanksgiving with the family that, that it's all been running. There's managed to be a gunshot <laughs> victim in, in all of this. Uh, it couldn't have happened to a better character to get shot because uh, it's Rich that gets shot. And just as he arrives uh, at Thanksgiving for his family, uh, he's dropped off Nancy, who he's agreed to have a, real, a, a continued relationship with in some some fashion. Um, he arrives. They're taking Rich out with his gunshot wound. He agrees to ride with his dad, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So yes, these two films, these these two stories that you've been watching and waiting to come together, they do so for ten <laughs> seconds, <laughs> and the credits roll. And I do like the post-credit scene because you yes, have to good, stick good. around for the post-credit scene. But but yes, uh, you're. It's just right when you're at that point where you want you want the climax of the movie to happen, it's over. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I kind of wish there was maybe a scene to help kind of justify his journey. Well, he's gotten out of the... He's grown already. He's gotten out of the car. Everything yeah. with Nancy said he was... Yeah, he'll take this drive, but like every year... He just drives there, sits in the driveway for a few minutes, and then drives off, gets a room, and goes back home the next day. Um, this one, because of it, we assume because of his uh, trip with Nancy and her uh, 
kind of mellowing him out out along the way uh, that he is willing to take that step and just as you're about to see him take the step the movie's over <laughs> yep something a little unsatisfying about that I'm like I, I I'm already not a super fan of this film and I've made it through the hour and 45 minutes <laughs> to, that 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 have gone by and I'm waiting for my payoff and I got robbed. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of agree with you there. There's there's part of me that kind of likes the fact that it's just a Oh, okay. Well, we'll we're moving on. <laughs> we're just going to do this. But yeah, there is a little bit that I feel like Terry's kind of um a little lack of closure for him maybe. Uh and, and you know what? I'm going to say I I get it. It that's the punchline is this is life that this is how things happen true uh, um no matter how much uh how much we mull over and 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 drone on about the things that have happened in our life uh, any of the skeletons that haunt us uh, all that uh life just happens and, and you're just gonna have to deal with some of the what comes along so i get it <laughs> but I needed a little bit more. <laughs> I, I do want to point out before we move on to our dessert that uh, I, as per usual, I try to dig up our uh, our reviews to go over. Best I could find, other than a couple of uh, internet things, uh, the more entertaining stuff is the stuff from Amazon. Um, <laughs> and, and Henrik, you've got some friends out there. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to just... Read a couple of blurbs for, uh, from uh, one that you got a solid five stars out of. Um, the Thanksgiving film you've always wanted. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but the opening line of this particular review is, what if John Waters and John Hughes made a family holiday movie together? You'd get the fantastic film that is Awkward Thanksgiving. He's not 100% wrong in that description. No, I, I like I like where he's going with the description, but I, the level of... It was more like you took John Waters and John Hughes and you put them through the same uh, teleporter that they used in The Fly. <laughs> And he ended up with that fleshy mass at the other end. <laughs> yeah, and a little hunk of maybe the door too. <laughs> so, you know, the, the the DNA didn't blend quite right. Because <laughs> after you read the full blurb on this, uh, the ones right above it in the one star category are WTF question mark, um, effing terrible, MST3K bad. <laughs> And um, absolutely terrible acting across the board. Those are the things that that's uh, there's like a laundry list of those. And then you get to the five star one where the, he's just, a, oh, this is the greatest thing out of the greatest <laughs> directors of all time. <laughs> like one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. yeah. As I say with all film, all film has um, and I'm sorry for creaking chair. Uh, all film um, is is somebody's vision, somebody's passion, and they they put a lot into it, and Lord knows I can't do it, so I enjoy it for what it is. Uh, no, this is not my go-to Thanksgiving film from now on. 
However, uh, I could still manage to see pulling it out once in a while for a giggle. If you would like to watch this film, unfortunately it's not streaming anywhere, but you can buy a copy over at Henrik's store. Just go to hen.storeenvy, that's S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y dot com. There'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, what's available is a three-disc set. It's a DVD, Blu-ray, and a DVD, I believe, of like the, uh, a special sort of documentary that he put together about the making of Awkward Thanksgiving. So there is, uh, you get a lot for your money. I think it's only maybe fifteen bucks or something like that for the for the set. So it's not a bad price. I have not watched the documentary yet, but I I, I definitely will, and I definitely want to uh, watch with the commentary. Uh, there's a commentary from Henrik on there as well. So I'd, I'd like definitely like to hear some behind the scenes stories on this one. That would that actually would probably be more fun than the film itself. <laughs> No, honestly, because I I could totally get into like there there's some good stuff in here. It doesn't always land, but there's some good stuff, and I'd love to hear the um, what was the thought process? What mm-hmm. was he actually going for? That could be a lot of fun. You'll have to let us know how that goes. I will let you know. So let's go ahead and take another break, and you know, kind of let this settle, and uh, we'll come back for a little bit of dessert. I'm the host of The Bloody Pit, the podcast that examines films from across the decades. On The Bloody Pit, we have several ongoing series of shows within the show focused on specific things in genre cinema that I and my co-hosts find fascinating. There's a long-running series focused on Italian maestro Antonio Margheriti's films from the 1960s all the way up through 1990. There's an on-again, off-again series focused on 1970s science fiction film. There's an in-depth look at the Western movies that William Castle made before he struck out on his own and became the horror auteur that we know and love. A look at the classic Coffin Joe films from Brazil. And our long-term project to look at every universal horror film made in the 1940s. That's a long project. What's going to take us a long... Sprinkled in amongst those are various other episodes focused on other stranger areas of cinema, like uh, Lucio Fulci, Dario Argento and even some obscure British crime films from time to time. So join me and my rotating crew of co-hosts as we examine the stranger side of cinema through an exploitation lens. Except when we don't, yeah, you never really know exactly what to expect on The Bloody So join me for The Bloody Pit. Wendy, I thought you were navigating. You know, you should really make your move on her unless you want me to warm it up for you. Let's get... I'm not Patrick! I'm not Patrick! I'm gonna have the door open if you didn't want any customers. Hello? They won a surfing competition wearing street clothes? Yeah, they don't really look happy about winning either. 
Kitchen's closed. We should just leave. Uh, how about a piece of mine? Warm chicken pie. Sorry. Leave that alone. Look where we are. Another goddamned abandoned vehicle. Four kids disappeared right out of the middle of this road. Same as before. There's something mighty sinful in that woman's cherry pie. They don't even like you. We're gonna get out somehow, I promise. I got something special planned for you. We're a part of the collection. We're not staying here for 20 years. The order of punishment is transformation. My luck is changing. should be telling people where you're going. World's full of crazies. All right, welcome back. Yes, for dessert, we are going to talk about a film that just came out this year in 2020. This was a film that we were offered a, a, a screener for. Uh, it just came out uh, on VOD as of November 1st. It's a, it's a film called Sweet Taste of Souls. About four band members, Nate, Kyle, Wendy, and Lily, on a trip to perform at a music festival, and they stop in a quaint small-town diner for some food. Unfortunately for them, this diner is run by Eleanor, a woman with a very odd art gallery. She has been recruited by an evil demon to trap souls in her photographs as payment for her successful diner and award-winning pies. Before they know it, the group become part of, of her macabre collection and must figure out a way to escape before Eleanor gets bored or annoyed with them, and they end up in the shredder. So what'd you think of this one? I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> I think that this one had a lot of potential. I think it missed, unfortunately. There's a lot in here that could have worked. It was like... It's like a bunch of people had a lot of great ideas, or one person had a lot of great ideas... Right. And tried to work it all together without actually thinking whether those ideas actually come together in any way. Especially the, the sweet taste of souls and the, the poster is her holding this cherry pie, which looks like it's made out of blood or something like that. You're yeah. thinking, okay, this is going to be involved here a little bit. The pie is going to be like a big deal. And it's not no, immediately it is not, other than the fact that the opening sequence involves her cutting up or destroying pies. Well, she pulls a pie out of the oven, and it looks perfect, and then it kind of does a weird transformation and then doesn't look good anymore because, as it turns out, one of the people have escaped from her gallery. Or at least that's what I'm assuming. <laughs> Because it's You're not... explaining more than I actually understood as I watched. So. All right, fair enough. <laughs> the idea of her having to collect these souls or collect these people in these in these photographs for some reason or another doesn't really come through. You you hear that she's got award winning pies and stuff like that, right? but you just keep waiting for that to like actually connect because these people are just trapped in photographs. And it's kind of like, so where does the 
soul thing come in. Yeah, and like you're pointing out with the pies, she's got a she's got award winning pies, but no one seems to ever be in this place to eat. That's true. It's all <laughs> always seems like that. It's, it's just not the lunch crowd. And your explanation of the weird thing that happened with the pie and the one guy getting away. Um, as we progress in the film, we get a sense of what it takes to escape uh, the thing. But that doesn't explain how the first person escaped. Right. He just ended up being in a room. Uh, and it wasn't clear why. She right. also had some hang up about a, a husband. She yeah. kept refer- referring to like she kept calling uh, the guys in her, in her pictures Richard. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, but there's apparently no Richard. <laughs> well, we see a little bit towards the end. We see a flashback and we see how it all sort of began. But even that felt so disjointed that honestly, if you missed it, if you didn't grasp what was really happening, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, the idea of the people and her and, you know, capturing these people in photographs, it felt like an episode of the old Friday the 13th, the series. Yes. This oh was, my God. this, this was a, this was one Robbie away from being an episode of that show. <laughs> no, that's an excellent uh, comparison. And actually one of the things I kind of liked about that series is uh, it, it was such a poorly named series. It was more of a, it was uh, Friday the 13th, the series felt way more like uh, a, a Twilight Zone than it did uh, Friday the 13th. But yeah, because the, the look, the feel, the actors and all that, it did kind of fit into that vibe. Mm-hmm. Well, you just you, you're waiting for that. You wanted to hit, you wanted it to be the cursed camera that she discovers yeah. would, you know, suck people in and put them into the photographs and she would be able to like make them pose and, and you know, her award-winning photography or because she's doing this, she's now suddenly successful with her pies and her diner. It, you wanted that to come together with this. And it just sort of doesn't. It's like, honestly, it's not until like the end of the film that they kind of do this real smash it all together. And this is why it doesn't really work. <laughs> Well, yeah, right, right down to the title, like "Sweet Taste of Souls." You picture, like, like with the picture of the pie and all that. You picture somehow this woman is consuming souls, and it's not—that's not the deal at all. She's just capturing them, or their <laughs> souls would go into the pies, and everyone sure, was which consuming make them. Make it taste better, right? For you, again, you, we were talking about um, one of the films. Uh, last episode, the uh, Undertaker and his pals with the diner, you know, you're, and we compared it to the Sweeney Todd. Right. Yes, I no, really I was, thought we were going to get like another kind of Sweeney Todd film in this. Yeah, maybe something a little more um, spiritual or something. But yeah, the, the notion that somehow the killing of people uh, amplifies the food. <laughs> oh, could you imagine that depending on the type of person? Kind of depends on the kind of what the pie comes out as. If they're sweet and nice, it's a strawberry. But if they're they're kind of tart, <laughs> or it's an elderberry, an elderberry, or a, or a or a dark cherry, or something like that. Oh yeah. Or if they're they're like worth nothing, it's mincemeat or something. Uh, <laughs> ah, 
I, I think you and I are writing a better movie right now. <laughs> so, yeah, the title is completely disjointed from what you get to watch. Um, this woman is running a pie shop, but somehow it's all about digital photography. Uh, <laughs> um, and then we can't not talk about that foursome. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah. The, the, the band. <laughs> the most dysfunctional band they could have. They could have been part of the family from Awkward Thanksgiving. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, you could have gone a different way with the title because the fact that this woman kept capturing people in photos, and once, if you were captured and put together as a group, um, one of the elements that I did actually find interesting was the notion that as she printed them out on uh, this stark white background with whatever uh, scenery uh, she chose in to be in the picture with them. Um, that was their existence, this little white box. Mm-hmm. And then the notion that she could cut up the pictures and shrink the box down. Although no one ever explains why they scream when they cut the picture if she's not actually cutting them. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that doesn't exactly... The ideas that they had don't work throughout the film because they're, there's moments when they're actual people in like shadow boxes and they can, you know, so they're, they're three-dimensional. And if they escape from that shadow box, they return to normal size. Right. In the last location in which they were there. Right, right. But also she can take the pictures out of the frame and shred them. Right. And killing Which them. doesn't jive with uh, the, the whole once it's out of the frame, right. all bets are off. No, but that even goes with the opening sequence when, when the one guy, all of a sudden he just appears in the room in mm-hmm. front of the camera. And it's unclear where he came from or how he got there. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, they, they had a gimmick and they didn't know how to make rules for it and stick with it. Yes, exactly. And that's the key to any good fiction is uh, I'll, I'll believe anything you tell me in a movie as long as you set the rules and stick to them. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this one was playing with the rules the entire time to the point that there simply were no rules. Right. <laughs> this, is a, this is the film of anarchy. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you would expect that to be a little more interesting to watch. <laughs> Because the other element from this is just the scenes would just drag on for so long. It wasn't even a particularly long movie, although it says it came in at an hour and 39. Any of the sequences where those four in particular, there was never a moment in which they weren't all bickering with one another. Mm -hmm. So anytime uh, we were in a scene with them, it was the same thing over and over and over again and like at this point i want to put you through the shredder because <laughs> stop talking <laughs> stop, stop. yeah and when you get to the end of the film you really question motivations too mm-hmm. this is where it's led to i kind of saw this coming right but i saw it coming because I just know that that's the way this kind of film needs to end, not because you set this up in any way. The ending wasn't justified. No. 
whatever entity is driving the fact that any of this is happening, causing this woman to do whatever it is, like, and, and that's what's unclear, like, during the entire threshold. Maybe I did miss the this is where it all started thing, because yeah. I honestly I'm blanking entirely on that that scene even happening. I get that there is an entity of some kind that is goading this woman on to do what she's doing to capture these people to 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 either relive whatever the thing is with whoever Richard is and all that. But no one's going to destroy this because nobody knows what it is or how it got there or anything about it. But because we never get an explanation of any kind, um, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. It, 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 like, I'm just confused. <laughs> the fel- I find the film a little frustrating because there's so much in here that I think could have worked and it just wasn't properly realized. Yeah, um, yeah the capturing people in the photographs should have worked. The, uh, the two older gentlemen uh, that were try- kind of investigating this thing on the side because I think uh, one of their daughters or something went missing and and I think I wasn't sure because I wasn't paying that much attention I didn't know I was supposed to but I think that was one of the uh, one of the women that get killed in the photo very early on in the movie I think was actually this person's daughter that he was searching for yeah that could have been and should have been an interesting aspect of this film and it just wasn't it fell flat as well. Uh, I, I found it actually kind of hard to even stay awake during some of this one. I got to be honest. And I, I started this early. Yeah, the, the, the foursome, um, the Scooby gang was not the Scooby gang. And their story under this, I, like the, the mysterious girl that joins the band because she was at a bus stop and one guy thinks she's cute. Um, but is now also falling in love with her, and we've got no motivation for any of that. Were they brothers for real or not? I, 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 it was unclear, but the, they constantly kept pulling the van over to get into a fist fight that either did or didn't happen. Right. <laughs> it was like, what are we doing? And, and, and the fact that they even repeated that like two or three more times. Oh, okay, we, we got it. <laughs> We yeah. were there. We saw the first one. <laughs> so nothing gets resolved. No, exactly. It, this wasn't just a case of they needed to... Someone needed to pick a direction and just keep going that way. Uh, right. They, they were walking through the plot of this film and saw something shiny <laughs> and turned <laughs> and started writing another plot. Uh they kept going to the coffee shop and, you know, how uh, a screenplay writer sit, sit there and all that. And everybody loves to poke their head in on a screenplay writer. Unfortunately, this one kept taking the advice of everyone that was passing by. <laughs> you know what you need. <laughs> I had high hopes for it. I was kind of hoping this would be just sort of this... Uh... Oh, just a diamond in a rough, you know, or at least entertaining or or fun. And it just ended up being like, as I described it earlier, a little frustrating. I'm going to at least throw a little light in here on on this one. Like um, our more or less our our lead, because she's our uh, resident creepy lady. Um, Honey Lauren is the actress. Um, and as I 
saw during the credits, uh, she also is the creepy voice of the uh, of the entity, the thing that oh, keeps nice. talking to her. If there's anything that I was drawn to, I was actually kind of drawn to her because she was very successful at being creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I wanted there to be more reason for her to to be there and be creepy, but uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed her performance. There just wasn't a whole lot to perform with. Honestly, I was okay with the entire cast. I didn't have a problem with the cast themselves. I think yeah. the script that they had to work with is what kind of let them down. Yeah, because uh, I um, which one uh, is it? Uh, Lily was the uh, the bus stop girl. Yeah, the bus stop girl. Um, she was actually a fairly interesting character to follow. Um, and, and even uh, when she gets separated from the group and she's in her own little picture under herself, uh, I actually kind of felt for her in that position. I mean, she literally, she can't move. There's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. She's been literally sized down to just enough space for her. So. Right. Shortly after we discover that she's a bit claustrophobic. Right. Right. Which, yeah. <laughs> it's a li- <laughs> little too on the nose. But, uh, yes. Um, but the fact, whether they even bothered to tell that anybody stuck in this little box thing that you can't move and all you can do is be stared at. I thought she was effective and I actually felt for her. I'm like, I wouldn't want to be there either. <laughs> so. But then you get into the goofy shadow box stuff. It's interesting that uh, every time you move the picture, like she, they, they, they had it for the laugh part. But the first time she traps them in the photo, um, and they're all um, yakking at her because they they don't know what's going on and they're upset, and she just gives it a little shake to, mm-hmm. to thump them all. Uh, that was cute. But, uh, but but like. Why weren't the people on the wall moving when they were first in the diner in the first place? Well, they they show that too. When people come come in, they they freeze. Oh, they freeze in place. I, yeah. I, I didn't catch that. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those moments where you dozed off. <laughs> oh, very possibly, because yeah, no, it was like I I, did, I didn't understand that. So they only move around her. Yes, exactly. Okay. Or when no one's looking. Yeah. Wow, that so makes it not any better. <laughs> <laughs> Yet, there's actually moments with the Force and when they're trapped in there and they're trying to communicate with some with another group on the other side of the wall, a wall and another fo- and another photo, and mm-hmm. they decide oh they, they'll try to spell out uh they'll try to spell out words, just trying to spell oh, yeah. out letters with their body. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the two people and they spell out hi and the one guy oh yeah hi. <laughs> What what are you doing? (laughs) That actually made me laugh. Yeah, that was that actually looked like legitimate frustration. Like, really? That's that's what you're doing here. (laughs) And there you go. Uh, That's the uh, the that's the sum total of comedy. (laughs) Yeah, highlight of the film. Quite, yeah, no, and then the fact that they actually set this thing up as if it could be continued. Oh, and a little now, now in a tattoo parlor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how that would work. <laughs> do do the tattoos live on people that <laughs> they only move when you're not looking? I It's going to be it's going to require some some damn good t- tattooing to get you lifelike enough to suck you out of existence and 
force you to live on somebody's skin. Yeah. But again, that's the part what which disappoints is like, what's that got to do with the title of the film and the pies and the diner? If uh, all right. we're doing is sucking people out, but where's the kitschy uh, um, photography t- slanted title? I mean, uh, what what is it? Uh, well, you could say pictures worth a thousand words, or <laughs> or or something around the fact that uh, when you take a photograph, you capture somebody's soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you you almost needed that. You you were waiting for like the Native American lore or something about right. that or whatever with you know taking your soul or. Uh, yeah, I I agree. There, I don't I don't know what could you have called this thing that isn't already. Uh, the first thing that popped in my head was Soul Taker, but I think that's taken. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, and it, it, is, it almost doesn't matter because because they make that transition at the end where where our heroine that it manages to escape this uh, thing, such as it is, uh, somehow um, replaces um, Eleanor and is going to do so by Tattoo Parlor. Uh, not, I'm not sure where we're going with that yeah. any more than I was sure where they went with it the rest of the time. In in the same building that used to be the diner. So was the diner itself actually the source? Was that the cursed? Uh, you know, not every Thanksgiving dinner comes out great. Sometimes the turkey's a little dry. Sometimes people forget the cranberry relish. I, I feel like that's kind of the the deal we've had with uh, these films. I mean, I I still enjoyed watching both of them, but came away maybe still feeling a little hungry. You just described most of my family Thanksgiving meals. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. Good job. Little unsatisfying, little underdone. We we nailed it. Oh, well, I still appreciate uh thank you Dark Coast for uh, providing us with a screener. I wish we had something better to say about it. There, like I said, there is so much potential in this film. It's it's one of those films where you see the potential, like the 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 writer, the director. This is where okay, you need to hone your skill because there is talent here. Mm-hmm. I want to see what you do next because I hope and I want to see you improve. No, absolutely. Take take the tip. Uh... Make a plan. Uh, set your rules. Like, like I, I liked some of this premise, but like I said, it takes you out of it. As soon as you break the rules that you think you've set, mm-hmm. it, it, it all falls apart from there. So set some rules and, and tighten it up. Um, pick a title that actually matches your content. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and I think you got something to work with there. Absolutely. Well, still, it's been a fun episode, and it's been fun talking about these films with you, Tom. Anytime we can uh, enjoy a little turkey, I mean that sincerely. <laughs> Do we have a plan uh, on what we're going to watch next time? I know we talked about doing some holiday-themed uh, films, being that it's going to be coming out. Uh, we're going to be talking about stuff right here, right before Christmas in December. Now, I don't know if we want to smatter in anything else, so we can leave that as the uh, stocking stuffers, if you will. Uh, but I believe our next one will be our Christmas-themed one, and I believe we have Krampus on on the docket. We do. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, a film I have not seen yet, 
I'm excited for you to watch this because this has become one of my new annual uh, watches. It's just so perfect. Excellent. All right. And I think we're going to go ahead. I think we can go ahead and announce the plan for the episode that will come after that, which will fall right around New Year's. I wanted to watch the movie Strange Days again. Yes. Which does take place around, I believe it's supposed to be around the turn of the century. Isn't it from ni- supposed to take place in like 1999? Yeah, I believe this was supposed to be that perception of whatever the year 2000 was going to be like. Right. So I'm looking forward to watching that film again. I remember being kind of really impressed with that one. So I'm curious to see if it holds up. It's got some excellent music, too. I'm looking forward to... I don't recall. So that's another thing I'm looking forward to to checking out. I remember being obsessed with the guy's coat. Yes. You're always obsessed with a good long coat. (laughs) I just remember he had this leather, mismatched pattern, leather mid-thigh coat that I was obsessed with uh but yes no so we've got ourselves a a nice little round of uh holiday themed we started it with our thanksgiving and then uh on to christmas and new year's it should be a lot of fun absolutely but that is going to do it for this episode thank you very much for listening any feedback on this or any episodes uh, send an email to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com or come and join us on that facebook group just go to facebook.com and search for time shifters you will find us Uh, That's going to do it. Again, thanks, Tom. It's been a good time. Always, uh, like I said, anytime I can have some turkey. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye, everybody. See ya.